This is the Journey 66 Book Writing Podcast. I'm Melissa Parks with Dave Getz, and we are your road trip advisors. You may be at mile marker one and just thinking about an idea for a book, or maybe you've gone off-road in your writing and you want to restart the journey. Join Dave and me as we help you buckle up and write. You've heard the cliche, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Melissa and I have worked long enough in the publishing industry as well as the marketing industry to, to know the, that that cliche is largely true. It's a cliche because it's, it's true. And when it comes to getting your work published as well as your work promoted, it's really, really important that you build relationships. It truly is who you know. The time to network and build meaningful relationships is now, not later. Whatever stage you're at in your journey, you need to begin that activity now because you will want to lean on those relationships when you need them. And the worst time to create relationships is when you need a relationship. So whether you're just thinking about writing a book, you're on your first chapter, or you're actually looking for a publisher. Maybe you have that first chapter done and you want to promote that. So Melissa and I today are going to discuss the importance of networking. I know that's kind of a hated term, but you'll need to do some networking if you want to write, publish, and promote your book. So Melissa, the one thing I know about you is that you have built a large Instagram following, but it's not just digital. And you have worked as a magazine editor, but you've also had your home published in Country Living Magazine. So tell the story about how that happened and how relationships played a role in that. I love talking about this topic because there is this misconception among homeowners who dream of having their home in a magazine that somehow they will magically be found by an editor just out of the blue. And it just doesn't happen that way. I had a dream of having my home published in a magazine for years and years and years. And I honestly didn't think it was, was ever going to happen because, frankly, I didn't know how it worked. But I knew there was this woman on Instagram who I was friends with who was in the magazine at one point, I started following her, started commenting on her post because frankly, I really loved the content that she shared. And one day in particular, she posted, this was six years ago, Instagram was a very different landscape, but six years ago, she asked for accounts that she should follow that were full of inspiration. And I had maybe 500 followers at the time and everything in me wanted to say, come follow me, follow me, follow me, because she had a huge following. And I thought, oh, maybe she'll reciprocate. And instead I said, I love your account and here are some other accounts to follow, which then brought her to my account and she saw the content that I had. From there, she direct messaged me and said, hey, I'm interested in sending pictures of your home to Country Living. I'm a scout for them. They may love your home in their magazine. And it went from there. So it really started with a relationship and being giving to someone else and not expecting something in return. Well, that is a great principle. And I think as we start to write the book and we start along this road, all of a sudden we are aware of what we need. I need an agent. I need a publisher. I need, I need, I need. And at that moment, if you have not built up relationships, 
then you're asking for something you're never going to receive. You're just spam at that point. Right, and I would also add to that that you also have to have the content to back up what you're going to have somebody support. What do you mean by that? If I was just in a nice, meaningful relationship, for instance, with this woman, but she came to my account and I had really bad images, my house didn't display well, then she wouldn't have made the recommendation to the editor. Similarly with a book, if you don't have quality content to back up who you are and what you are putting forth in the world, then those relationships will do little for you. I think that's true. I do. It's not just sales, meaning it's not just having a relationship. There has to be, there's an old phrase. <laughs> I think it comes from Texas, but it's the phrase all hat and no land. Hmm. It means somebody with the biggest cowboy hat probably has the smallest amount of land. <laughs> but it's a, it's a derogatory expression. The idea is those who talk the loudest game often have the least amount of land, meaning all hat and no land. Remember that interview we conducted with an aspiring author and she had this great idea for a book and she went to a seminar and basically connected with a publisher who turned her down. Oh yeah, that was the one where she said, the editor said it was a bad idea or something like that. Yeah, it was a bad idea. And so she kind of had given up on, this was at a, it was at a conference, a week conference for creatives, and one of the seminars was how to get your book published, and she got connected with this publisher. So she kind of was discouraged, but then she connected with some other people at that conference who had written a book and had connections with the publisher, and then, what, a year later, one of the connect- connections she made at that conference said, hey, I want to pass on your book idea to my publisher. But the thing was, is that that lady who she made the connection with knew that she had great ideas. And I think the point of that is, is that sometimes you'll go to a writer's conference and you go for one reason, but if you don't come away with new relationships, and again, those relationships were not, uh, where she was begging them to, for them to hear her pitch. Right. She just connected with them on a human level. Right. And something really, really good came out of it. That goes back to selling yourself. You don't want to go to these events with an elevator pitch in mind for every person that you speak with. I think you want to go and learn about the person that you're connecting with and get to know them, like you said, on a human level. Ask good questions. You and I, in our other business, used to work with an organization called BNI, Business Networking International. And it's a large global networking uh, franchise. I think it's a quasi-franchise. But one of the principles that I remember in talking with the founder uh, about was this idea of giver's gain. Right, which is? Which is you always go or attend someplace with the intent to give something, give a referral, or to add to somebody's life, or to listen to them, not to be a taker. You've all been to these ugly, horrible networking sessions where everybody's standing around with a cocktail and nobody wants to talk to you, or if they do, they want to sell you something. Right, right. That's horrible. So what happens when you go with the intent to give rather than to take? First, you'll be quick to make new friendships. Right. Because how many people actually ask good questions and want to get to know you? Very few. Everybody does want to sell you something, generally. 
But every so often when you sit next to somebody and you find that they're actually interested in you, asking good questions, all of a sudden you find yourself lost in telling your story about your book and your, it, it becomes really a delightful, not lost in a, in a bad sense, like you can't find yourself, but lost and all of a sudden you're enraptured in telling your story. We all want to talk about ourselves. Right. So when you become that person, all of a sudden people attach to you. Right. And I would say they want to know about you because they want to connect with you. That is so true. That is the, that is like a, the next thing that happens. Well, suddenly they're like, well, well, tell me a little bit about, about you, Melissa. Tell me about why you're here. Right. And it gives you then the chance to actually talk clearly about your book or whatever it is you are. So the, the point I think with this author was inadvertently, but through some relationships she had built at a writer's conference, she ended up getting a book contract. Right, right. Not through them, although they referred her, but through another publisher. Right. She didn't get it through the traditional means that she thought she was going to get them. It's very difficult to think like this as you're writing a book because many people who maybe are writers, they're not thinking like this. And, and yet it is, I think, part of a successful journey to completing your book. So if you think about, and I mentioned this just earlier, you think about your journey as the writing portion, the publishing portion, which has its own ups and downs, as well as the promoting portion, the earlier you can start the relationship piece and building relationships, the better uh, the, the better prepared you'll be both for the publishing portion of it as well as the promotion. Melissa, we recently interviewed Sean Shearer. Sean Shearer from Cabinet and Cabinet. No, Cabinet and Camera, a book that he's published. And you have a relationship with him, but that relationship, even though it's only on Instagram, ended up in a great interview for us, but also a chance for him to promote his book to our audience. Right. And it went back six years ago and us just exchanging direct messages commenting on each other's posts he sent me a package once so it's a relationship that has developed over a six-year period so when his book came out I was happy to promote it not only on my Instagram page but in an interview here on our platform which he then could extend his reach so Dave you benefited from relationships in the promotion of your book Death by Suburb, you were featured in the lifestyle section of the Chicago Tribune on Sunday morning. How did relationships play into you getting that feature? So PR is always about relationships. You can create a press release and uh, you can try to follow up with editors or try to get on other podcasts. And, and that's an important piece, but it almost feels like cold calling. But PR is a really important piece in that window from pre-launch to about three months after you publish your book. And we've talked about that. So when my book came out, even though I had a major publisher, I realized that it was really up to me. And so I began to figure out how could I get interviews and get into, back then it was newspapers, magazines. I had a guy on my board of directors for my marketing agency, and he's an advisory board member, and he's an investment banker. Yeah. And so he's a big advocate of me. So when he saw that the book came out, he goes, you know, Dave, 
um, I should connect you with so-and-so who's senior vice president at the Chicago Tribune. How does that even happen? Somebody in the financial services industry connects you to somebody at the Tribune. Because he knew this person through his connections within a religious denomination. That's crazy. So so he did. And so we had lunch together downtown at Union uh, at the Union Club downtown Chicago. And after that meeting, I followed up with a handwritten note to him and I overnighted a copy of my book to him when it came out. So he never called me. He never said I'm going to do this. But suddenly, about two and a half months after my book came out, my book came out in January, and about the 1st of March, I get a call from some journalist from the Chicago Tribune wow. saying, Dave, I would love to spend a day with you or a half day with you and just, I want to follow you around the suburbs. Your book's on the suburbs. Let's follow you around on the su- as you go, around, go about your work in the suburbs. Two things strike me about that story. I think we think of networking in a limited sense. We think that we need to only network with people in the publishing industry. Correct. And you networked with somebody in the financial services industry who then networked you into somebody in the publishing. This, the second principle is the warmer the relationship, the more memorable you are. You went really personal with a follow-up handwritten note. You didn't send an impersonal email as a follow-up. You did something very personal, which I think is what we're saying is being personal in relationships helps. Absolutely. I, and I would say, what else is there? And and so I took the time to write the note, and I overnighted it. I didn't two-day it. I didn't do it through snail mail or through two, you know, through traditional mail. That's expensive. It was expensive then. It's expensive now. But I figured he was such an important person that I overnighted it to him. I honestly didn't think anything would ever come of it, to be honest with you. Well, maybe that's the third principle, is you never know what will come from a seemingly small act. That's right. And you have to do all the small acts or you'll never get anything large. It's easy to talk about this on this side of it and go, well, Dave, you, you just had that contact and it was so it was not easy. Wow. But it led to one of your biggest opportunities. That's right. And once it got into the Tribune, then it was syndicated. And with Death by Suburb, now newspapers today are not are not important but it, it was all they were also online as well when it, when the book came out but it got syndicated it was in the denver post it was in the miami sentinel i ended up doing a small piece writing for the new york times it led to so much and did you see a pop in sales that's not how it works you don't get something big like that and you jump up oh. a bunch of sales what happens is and I said this in our, our podcast on the three phases of promoting your yeah, book. Yeah. You have to start small prairie fires. Even in that second phase, you're doing all this different types of PR, and you don't know which one will, will, will pop, which one will start a fire. But when you start a bunch of fires, next thing you know, there's a raging fire. It, it happens over time, and it builds momentum. And that's what you really want in that second phase of promoting your book, which we talked about. Right. You want to begin to create momentum. If you do that in that window, you'll start to see sales three months down the road, six months down the road, and continuing book sales. Right. I love that idea of starting a lot of mini fires. Some go out, but some catch and spread. 
and I was thinking of Sean here to go back to that interview. He has people posting about his book all over Instagram and all over social media. And you just don't know which one of those is gonna turn into the wildfire, but he's not turning down small accounts even. He's allowing even the small accounts to trumpet his book. There is no small venue or too small of a venue when you're doing book promotions. I don't care if it's to a group of preschoolers. I'm being facetious here because maybe that person's mom or some preschooler's mom will take that and she's an executive of, of something and then, and then promotes the book and all of a sudden next thing you know, that one relationship has sold 50 copies. That's what you want, right? These one-offs are great. But you want this to, you don't just want to sell one book at a time. You want to sell like 25 at a time. Right, right. And to do that, though, you don't know which are the most important. You're not a good judge of that. Right. So how do you know when a connection is a good connection? Do you know? I don't know that you know that. I think that you, at least on the front end, you don't know it until later. Right. And so early on, you have to you but you're always making judgments about how to spend your time that's the issue right so for example let's go back to this person that we talked about who was at this conference right she met with an editor at a publisher who put her down essentially you have a bad idea couldn't even be positive and yet she figured out how to make a couple relationships during that conference that then translated But she obviously nurtured those relationships. Right, and she didn't waste her time on the publisher again and again who said, you don't have an idea. That's right, that's right. (laughs) And sometimes you do need to do that, but she didn't do that, and it worked out for her. So I I will say that it is different for every person who ends up publishing. That's whether you self-publish, because even if you self-publish, you still need to promote the book. You need those relationships to promote the book. I would think that one indicator that you're making a connection with somebody about your idea is you see the raised eyebrow or there seems to be a light bulb that's coming on. When they get excited about what you're doing, they're going to share that with somebody, you would think, right? I think that's absolutely right. The raised eyebrow is a really good expression where you go, wow, they really got it. There's something that connected with them. Right, right. And I think that that's a warm connection that maybe is worth nurturing a little bit more. The other thing would be the importance of this as it relates to speaking engagements once your book is out. Right. You did a lot of that with Death by Suburb. Oh my gosh. We did small churches. We did liberal churches. We did conservative churches. I did Catholic churches. I did Protestant churches. I did secular book clubs that that just thought it was an interesting book on spirituality. They were interested in the suburbs. And, and it goes back to that there's no small venue, and you have to pursue almost every and, and any venue to, to promote the book. So even if you have a narrow topic, you still got to think widely about who you're going to be speaking to to promote the book. For example, even even doing a, 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 a little event at the public library, it might seem like you have five people that show up. You still need to do that event, even though it might not be exactly in your niche or in your, your lane, you need to do that. 
Right, or if you have somebody in your yoga class who says, oh, I think I have friends who would be interested in that topic. Could you come and lead a book discussion? Why not? Why not, right? I, I think that if you're going to spend the energy to write the book, you must spend at least as much energy to build relationships so that you can promote the book as well. Any thoughts on networking groups? Are they worth investing in? I personally have never found them productive. Why is that? I have done networking groups for my business, but I, my strategy always is to attend for the shortest amount of period I can and identify some people and then follow up with those people I think that are good within the group because you end up with meaningless meetings where people sit around, they figure out a way to, okay, my name is this, and then you have to figure out, you have to describe yourself. And I, I don't, this is just my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't see that as valuable for ongoing uh, relationship building for your book. Now that's just me. So if you had to boil it all down for people who are wanting to develop relationships, where do they start? If you're starting from zero, I would attend some writers conferences that make some promise about agents and publishers being at the conference right i would go there not so much for what you're going to get from the agents or the publishers but i would go there for two reasons one you'll start to get educated right but the second thing will be the relationships not editors and publishers necessarily although that might happen but for the other people that you'll connect with so that would be a first thing that i would invest in myself right and a second the second would be to take inventory of everybody you know and A, B, C them, meaning categorize them. I know that sounds very shallow, but I do think you have relationships that you just haven't thought about in terms of what they might be able to do for your book. And how do you start nurturing that? I would take them out for coffee. Depends on what kind of relationship yeah. with them. But again, I would not start to meet with them and build a relationship for what I could get out of it. Yes, it all goes back to what can you give to the them. The moment you need something from someone is the absolute worst time to promote anything. Yeah. It, it, it's it, People hate that. So I would figure out a relationship is a relationship, and I think it starts with learning how to be a listener, learning how to ask good questions, find out what they're interested in, and at some point you're going to be asked about what you're working on, and just say I'm working on this book project, on this, this, and this, and that's it. What I, what I do personally is I write somewhere between 25 and 50 handwritten notes a month. Wow, that must make an impression in a digital age to actually receive a handwritten note in the mail. It's interesting, during COVID, when everybody was going digital, I had all the data from our clients and our prospects on our marketing agency side, and I resisted sending out emails. Instead, I sent handwritten notes. Why? Because they're getting emails all day long. We're right. digitally crushed by email. So I, I think that handwritten notes, uh, that's what I did with that senior vice president at the Chicago Tribune. I sent him a book, but I sent a handwritten note. I overnighted it to him. By the way, let me tell you the follow-up to that story. 
So that guy, I never knew whether it was him or not. Hmm. Was I, I honestly never knew whether he was the one, because I had done all this other PR, but I didn't know whether he was the one who actually got the journalist to pick up the yeah, phone, yeah, yeah. give me a call, mm-hmm. and do the story. And I figured it was him, but about three years ago. Yeah. So this was quite a few years, almost a decade after the book came out. Yep. I I said, hey, can I can I take you out for lunch? At this point, he had left the Tribune and was a professor at a very exclusive university, and at, at a journalism school. And I said, hey, can I can I take you out for lunch? He goes, sure. So. I, we, I go to Evanston. It was he was a professor at Northwestern at the Medill School of Journalism, and I take him out for lunch, and we're having lunch. And I said, "Hey, I just want to thank you for for getting my book uh, promoted in the Sunday edition of the Chicago Tribune, the Lifestyle section on Easter Sunday." I said, "I know it was you." He paused. He puts his head down. He doesn't say anything. And then he says, well, it was a good book, he said. Oh, wow. Wow. And that's all we ever spoke of it. Wow. Wow. I want to double clutch and just go to social media just for a minute. Absolutely. About building relationships on social media. We touched on it a little bit, but through my experience on social media, building relationships means that you are giving great content to those who are following you. You're lifting up other people in your space on your platform. Talk about how you do that, because that's actually a great uh, trait or ability that you have. Talk about how do you lift up other people on your Instagram platform? Yeah, it really goes back to giver's gain, right? So if somebody is somebody that you're impressed with their talent, what they're posting, something that they've said, you can either repost some of their content in your feed directly or use stories and share Saturday, share follow Friday, something like that, where you, you post a few image from their gallery and share a few sentences about why they are worthy to follow. That creates incredibly good vibes with other people, not just among the person that you're referring, but then other people see you as somebody who gives and they want to give back to you. It is the strangest phenomenon, but it is so true that givers do gain, especially in social media. And it goes back to social media being social. It's not about you. And we get it so wrong so often on social media. So how often do you do that? Yeah, I used to be more disciplined about actually doing it every Friday. And that's become almost cliche to do a follow Friday or a Saturday share. And I think people start to ignore you a little bit. So I try to do it at unexpected times, but I try to do it in a moment when I don't have a ton of stories going on in my stories, my personal stories going on. I try to give the person a lot of space so that people actually see them. But I I try to not make it predictable, but something that really feels out of the blue and personal. I try to make it really unexpected. That really sticks with the person whom you're sharing. Are you specific in your comments too? Does that make it uh, more authentic? Like when you're you're sharing something, like say uh, an image of a house from somebody else or some 
some spread or something. I don't know how you would say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you very specific about what you like about it? Absolutely. Being specific shows that you've really taken the time to take in that person's account and get to know them. It's an expression of how you care about that person if you've actually noticed particular things and then are able to share that with your community. It's a deep expression of love and affection and affirmation in a world where so many people are so unsure of themselves. So is there anything else, Melissa, before we close today? I just want to say that I actually believe that those relationships that have been nurtured because of how I've promoted other people have come back twofold to me in the way then that they share me on their accounts and also elevate me. So it goes back to relationships. And I think someday if I ever write a book, I know that that relationship is there and people will be willing to share what I'm doing. It's odd because when you talk about building relationships for the time you need the relationships, it implies that it's self-serving at the outset, but you can't build authentic relationships that will be productive if all you have is an eye for what you're going to get from the relationship. Right. And right. And I hope I didn't come across that way. I just, I just now I'm like in the early stages of thinking of writing a book and I think about all of this nurturing that I've done to this point and think, wow, they probably would promote me, but it's not something that I went out, set no, out I, to and do. I don't, as I think about your work, I think, but you've done it for six years without any thought of reciprocity. Right, right. So I would say that you're probably okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is that is the basis for building relationships that you can then turn to when you need them most because they're your friends. Right. They're your friends. They're not just followers. Yeah. Wow. This is great. This is great stuff. So I think that's a wrap. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? I think about it's a today? wrap, Dave. I think it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> rap, rap, rap. <laughs> it's a wrap, rap, rap. I'm Melissa Parks. And I'm Dave Getz. Now buckle up and write.